Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Welcome, welcome. I am excited about this topic today because I like to fight for what is right and something that is not right is salaries and how salaries are divvied out and how promotions are divvied out. And it's not fair, but it is not intentionally not fair. It's because of bias. And bias is not going anywhere. You've got it, I've got it, and I'm excited to help you break through it. So listen in to this podcast and then let me know what you think and uh, if you have any questions. A lot of people out there are working really hard and not making as much money as people who aren't working very hard. Now, I'm not saying that working hard is all you have to do in order to get a good salary. What I am saying is that if you are overworking and if you are underpaid and if you are talented and adding value to the company, you need to make more. And in order to do that, you have to change your ways, but you have to first break through the bias that is keeping you in check. So, you know, I love to make up acronyms like FOPO, fear of pissing people off or FOMO, fear of messing up. And I want to give you another one. Now, I've had a version of this in the, um, in the past, but my new version of this, and it is spelled C-R-I-R-R, and I'm calling it Crier. And what I like about that is that we can bemoan, we can yell, we can cry about not being treated fairly, but none of that's going to help. And waiting for your boss to change is not going to help. And waiting for performance reviews to become fair is not going to help. So what most people do when they are underpaid, passed over by people who are less qualified than them, is they work harder. And this doesn't help. So let me tell you what the elements of my acronym are, CRIER. The first one, C, stands for competence. So in order for somebody to trust you, let's talk about trust because trust and bias are intertwined. We are going to trust people whom we are not as biased about, okay? And competence is one of those. So how competent are you? Now, we all know that Some managers will get in that room, in that calibration room, and talk about somebody's competence. And you're thinking, them? Really? (laughs) Maybe they were a C minus average in school, but they are thought of as competent. All right. And there are so many different biases that can come into that room, that calibration room. And when we do performance management, and I am not saying that this is This is not intentional. Bias is not intentional. It is a bug in your brain. And we all have it to some degree. Now, 
you can have very low bias or you can have very high bias or anywhere within the range. You can also have low awareness of your bias or high awareness of your bias. I was reading an article the other day. It was a great article. It had 10 biases that show up in performance reviews. Um, Okay, you're probably wondering what are they, but I'm just going to give you a couple. So one is confirmation bias, where we only let in the things we believe about this person. Somebody else around the table says, oh no, they did this and they did that poorly. And you're thinking, "Mm, really, really? And then you hear something that they did well and you're like, oh yes, that makes sense. Confirmation bias. We do it all the time, Mm, especially in politics, right? Then there's gender bias. Now, when we think of gender bias, we think of women usually, and that's mostly because it is that way because in America and across the world, most senior leaders are men. So of course, they're going to be more biased toward women over men for the most part because of another bias called similar to me bias, which is just what it sounds like. But we can leverage this and we can shift someone's bias. And here's what's cool. People like to lose their biases. Yes, it feels good to be tribal sometimes. It feels good when you're in a football game and you're wearing one jersey and the other guy's wearing the other jersey and you get all riled up. That feels kind of fun, right? So it can be fun to have adversaries. But it can also feel really good when you make contact with that person, like real contact, and you realize we have more in, more in common than we don't. When you get that feeling, ooh, you get some nice oxytocin instead of just all the cortisol you're getting from all the hate and anger and bias. So I want to create a more equal playing field, not just because it's the right thing to do to promote the best people for the jobs, but also because people will just be happier and feel better. And we will have more camaraderie and more teamwork. And the world will be a better, more enjoyable place to live in. All right. So competence will only get you so far. Working hard, being good at your job is not going to be the thing that breaks through the bias. So the next R stands for reliability. Somebody is going to trust you more if you do what you say you're going to do on a regular basis. But again, we're going to talk about why that doesn't always work because of bias. The I in crier stands for intent. Do I believe that you care about the same things I care about? Do I believe that you and I have the same intention? So for example, We got tribes all over companies that we got the marketing tribe and then the marketing tribe has sub tribes under the marketing tribe. And then we got the sales tribe and then we've got the tech, the IT tribe and the HR tribe. And guess what? They all care about slightly different things. So one might care about cost. One might care about quality. You get it. So we're constantly seeing these tribal rivalries in companies just because departments have different intentions, different priorities. But the next two R's are really where we get to the rub. So the next R is about your reputation. And there's another bias called halos and horns. So for example, 
let's say you have this wonderful attribute. You're maybe a great public speaker, but you don't get anything done. But you're such a good public speaker that people kind of just have this reputation of you as being really smart and influential, and you get away with a lot of stuff. Or maybe on the horn side, let's say maybe you have a verbal tick or you interrupt people a lot. Just pick one. But it annoys somebody who matters so much that that overshadows a lot of the things that you do really well. Also with reputation, you might have a reputation because you work so hard and you are so diligent and you keep quiet and you don't complain and you don't speak up in meetings, you wait till after the meeting and then go talk to your boss. You may have a reputation as a worker bee. If you have a reputation as a worker bee, I can guarantee that you are not going to be in the ninth box. If they do nine boxes in that calibration room, you are not going to be one of those people that they feel is a flight risk and that they feel like they need to promote. You're just solid and you will get rewarded with keeping your job and getting more work dumped on you. And this is why most of the women who come to me are completely burned out because they have girl girl syndrome. They are good worker bees. They don't want to say no to anybody. They clean out their email inboxes. They work on weekends. They over prepare and they have a reputation, not as a leader worth promoting, but as a worker bee. The final one is just as important as reputation, but even more. And that is relationship. You may not like it, but someone has to like you, like you as a person, would want to invite you to their Christmas party, would want to invite you to the CEO's special banquet. If you do not have relationship with your boss, meaning they like you, they like being around you, they enjoy your company, and they want to help you. And they would really, really miss you if you left. If you don't have that kind of relationship, if they don't feel like you make their life easier, you make their life better, you make them look good, you're easy to manage. If, if you don't have that, then they are not going to fight for you. They'll put in a good word for you because you're competent, you're reliable, you have good intentions, but that's it. You're a worker bee. This last one is so vital to breaking through bias. This is the piece that most people are missing. And the reason is they think that promotions are logical, that salary increases are logical, and they are not. And don't take my word for it. You can just look at the Nobel Prize in economics went to a psychologist. Economics went to a psychologist. Daniel Kahneman, you probably know, because I've said it before and it's now kind of in the common, um, you know, in the common world, but Daniel Kahneman proved that when people make so-called logical decisions, financial decisions, like buying a house or promoting somebody, the part of the brain that lights up first is the emotional part. Then they back it up with a story about logical reasons, and they don't even know. All of us 
We don't even know we're doing this. Oh yeah, I bought that car because blank. You really needed a $100,000 bright green, shiny, fast car. You Really? You needed that? Like, okay. But we are not wanting to admit, well, I just felt like it. I just felt like paying more for that house because it had pretty staging in it. This is how we make all of our decisions, including the economic ones. So we're not going to change that. I can't speed up evolution. I can't change that. I cannot wait for your boss to somehow decide not to be biased against you. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll go to some classes and do the work, but it's a lot of work to change your brain. So what you need to do is take this on you. And you need to schedule a conversation with your boss that is a very different kind of conversation than you've ever probably had with your boss. And before you ever do that, you need to drop the resentment you're having toward your boss because it's really not their fault. It is not their fault that they are biased and you are complicit too in creating the reputation and relationship you have with your boss. You haven't had the relationship conversation that you need to have in order to break through the bias. And this takes me back to uh, the bias that I talked about earlier, which is similar to me bias. So you need to have a conversation where you prepare open-ended questions. Because if you just go in to share about yourself and talk about yourself and all your accomplishments, that is the wrong way to do it. You are pushing information and you may accidentally send the right information that breaks through the bias. But the best way to do this, the fastest way to do this, is to ask open-ended questions of your boss. And they're going to depend on how long you've known your boss, what the relationship already is. But you will probably have never asked these kind of, com- kind of questions before. Questions like, tell me what keeps you up at night. What are your biggest goals for this year? What most concerned you about that? What worries you the most if you don't get these done? So you're going to have a mix of work-related questions and personal questions. And, you, and some of them will be in a mix of that. Like you might say, what's the best lesson a mentor ever told you that's helped you be so, so successful? People love talking about their own success. Or where'd you grow up? People love talking about their past. And what you're going to be doing is listening deeply, listening for when they get excited, listening for when they have passion. And then you are going to help summarize and let them know that you've heard. And when they say back to you, yeah, that's right, you know you've hit it on the mark. They now feel like you get them more than anybody else does. The other thing you're going to do is be listening for things you have in common. And this is how you break, you break the bias around similar to me. It does not matter if you're a different age than your boss. It does not matter if you're a different gender. It does not matter if you have an accent and they don't, or they have a different accent. Everybody has accents. It does not matter if they're a different skin color than you. That does matter unless you break the bias. Once you break through the bias and share something you have in common. I remember once I was standing in somebody's office and I saw pictures of his kids water skiing. I said, oh, is that your kids? 
tell me about that. And then I was able to tell him that I grew up water skiing. Now I wasn't professional like his kids, but I grew up water skiing. And instantly I could see, oh, oh, you're like me. And he kind of started to see me as one of his kids. Anyways, I never know what it's going to be. I don't know what you're going to have in common with your boss, but you're going to find something. And in that moment, I want you just to enjoy, just enjoy that something magical is happening in their brain right now. They are reassessing who you are and they're feeling really good about it. They're enjoying this conversation. They're wishing more people had conversations like this with them. And now this experience is going to change how you interact with them. Now, this is not enough for you to change your, change your reputation from queen bee or from worker bee to queen bee, but you have just made a huge start. And now with this relationship in place, now you need to make sure that you leverage it and you start to show up as the brilliant strategic person you are instead of the worker bee you have been. So you start speaking up in meetings, you start sharing your strategic ideas, you start asking more creative questions instead of preparing all weekend, preparing all night, being scripted, then your boss is going to say, oh, it's too bad. She's so much like me. I wonder why she is undermining herself like this. So you now have everything you need in order to change your reputation, change your relationship, and I recommend you do this well before the next calibration conversation because this is the best way for you to get unstuck from being underpaid and undertitled and the best way for you to stop overworking and stop burning out because it is possible for you to get that job title and still have imposter syndrome and say, oh no, they just promoted me. They're expecting huge things of me. Now I have to work even harder. Boom, you have just made a mess of your life when you could have made a diamond of your life. So please work on both levels. Break through the bias, but then break through and end the not enoughness you have in your brain and just start enjoying your freaking career and your freaking success and then enjoying your free time and your family and your friends. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. I love you. I thank you for listening to me. And I do work with men too. <laughs> I just am not going to put you in my women's group if I work with you, unless, unless something very special happens. But if you want my help to fix this quickly, and for my clients, this takes no more than two conversations. Sometimes one conversation with a boss and then another conversation with a skip level boss, because you know what? Your boss needs the skip levels boss approval to get this done. So if you have both of those people saying, oh my God, why have not we promoted this queen bee? What if she leaves? What are we going to do? If you have both of those people, then those two conversations, which add up to no more than an hour of your life, you have just made the biggest change you can make for your life and put yourself on a completely different trajectory. So if you want those kind of results and you want my help, as long as you're good at what you do and you are coachable, I can guarantee your success. So please don't waste time. If I have described you and you want this other life that is right there beyond the door for you, right on the other side, if you want that, 
please, please don't hesitate to reach out because I am here for you. This is my mission in life is to lift up people who are brilliant, but who are not living brilliant lives. All right. Thanks, my friend, for listening.